0: night snacking, snacking after dinner. We're talking about it. Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are, whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better. Start now. Hey, what are we doing today? Are we walking? Are we doing laundry? Are we driving to work? Are we driving home from work? Whatever it is that we're doing together, I love it. Thanks for bringing me along to talk to you about a subject that is plaguing some of you. Some of you can't decide whether it's plaguing you or not. Some of you don't have this issue, but it's the issue of night snacking and the mindless eating that occurs after dinner is over, after the kitchen is or should be shut down and that sort of thing. We are talking all about nighttime snacking and what you had to say about it and what I have to say about it. So let's jump in. So first of all, I think it's pretty obvious what we're talking about. Now, nighttime snacking and snacking after dinner can be defined differently by different people and you might have different circumstances, but just humor me, okay? Let's keep this really, really simple. The presumption here is that you want to stop nighttime snacking. Now, we'll challenge that presumption toward the end of the show, but this show is meant to be helpful for people who are actually looking to break this pattern in their life, okay? So, I asked you guys about this on social media, and you said it was a problem. So, Nicolette said, oh, I'm excited to talk about this. My willpower is gone by the end of the day, and if you throw in a glass of wine, no snacks are safe from me. And Betsy said, nighttime snacking is my nemesis. If I could just shut my hole after 6 p.m. And Ty said, I am the worst when it comes to night snacking. I hate that I do it. Valerie said, I tend to snack on leftovers as I'm cleaning up the kitchen after dinner and even as I'm making my lunches for my kids for the following day. Open to any and all suggestions. Finally, longtime loser, that's her handle on Instagram. Longtime loser said, I want to stop. It's usually two hours post being done and only occasionally, but food hangovers the next day suck. Okay. Can you relate to this? Do you have this issue? Is this a pattern you're looking to break in your life? I want to talk about it like this. I want to talk about some prevention, evasion tactics, if you will. How to maybe not even allow this to occur in your life. And then I want to talk about how to shut it down if you find yourself right there, right on the verge. All right. Then we'll talk about whether it's even a good idea for you to even think this way. Maybe nighttime snacking is not the worst thing that ever happened to you. We'll talk about that. Okay. So the first couple of evasion tactics that I have for you to have this not even come up in your life are simple, but they're so true. Like they're factually correct, you guys. And we say that we know, but we don't always do. You know what I mean? And these aren't take a bubble bath or go for a walk. I know. I know. (laughs) Don't you love the internet? It's like, if you're feeling a craving coming on, take a bubble bath. Like who does that? Okay. So the first tip that I have sounds like a bubble bath tip, but it's not. It's actually something that we say and we don't do. And that is keep the foods out. Do you find that you snack on certain types of food after dinner? Many of us do. And it's often better to just practice abstinence instead of moderation and just keep those foods out of the pantry the kids will live whoever else lives with you will live if you don't have the yogurt covered salty pretzels move on find something that you don't love to snack on after dinner and keep that in the pantry (laughs) it sounds so simple but raise your hand raise it right now raise your hand if you have snacked on something that you keep in the pantry that you know damn well you shouldn't keep in the pantry because you're going to eat it after dinner so yeah, it sounds simple, but it's not a bubble bath tip. All right, do you want to know what the number one strategy was for prevention, according to you guys, in my very scientific survey that I conducted on Instagram and Facebook? I don't know if this will surprise you or not, but the number one piece of feedback and useful tip was to brush your teeth. Now, I've talked about this before, and again, it sounds overly simple, but it really works, according to my super scientific poll conducted on Instagram and Facebook. And that is brush your teeth, floss, like really clean those suckers. Maybe you even whiten them. For example, I use, as you know, activated charcoal and coconut oil and I mix them together and I use that to brush my teeth maybe once a week as a whitening process and that is really going to help if you are struggling with nipping the habit of snacking after dinner your teeth are just pearly white and beautiful and you just don't want to redo that whole process and I have to say and I just want to reiterate as people said this really works for them so take it as far as you can take it brush your teeth, floss those suckers, and then maybe even do one of your natural whitening techniques and say, that's it. I'm done. The mouth is closed for the evening. Let me share some other things that you shared on social media that worked for you. Peaches said, my mom always had this rule when we were kids. The kitchen is closed after dinner. I guess I subconsciously adopted that rule too. On weekends, it's different because we might be at a party or enjoying foods with friends. Peaches, I don't consider that uh nighttime snacking or mindless eating that's different you're at a social event blah 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 so i love this kitchen closing after dinner and i'd make a little ritual of it in fact i actually do do this we wash everything we wipe down the counters we're getting everything put away Turning off the lights in the kitchen is huge, especially if you have kind of an open floor plan like I do and the kitchen's just right there all the time. We still shut off every single light in the kitchen. It's amazing how these little mind tricks, these little Jedi tricks can actually work for you. So we do actually have a kitchen closing ritual. I've never thought about it that way, but I am now. Thanks, peaches. Amy agrees. She said, after dinner is finished, I clean the kitchen and shut it down. I haven't eaten after dinner in at least a decade. And she points out that she does eat a nice big full dinner with protein and fiber and either high fat or high carb. And that, that way she's not actually super hungry after dinner. And the truth is, Amy, we aren't typically eating after dinner. It's, it's oftentimes, I won't say always, obviously, but it's oftentimes not out of hunger, right? It's just a habit. So Liza says, I stopped by making a little ritual. I have a very early dinner as I go to sleep early and I wake up early. After dinner and before bed, I make a sleepy time tea and I relax and read. I no longer get hungry. And if I get a little bit hungry, I know it will pass. And I remind myself that I had great healthy food and I will feel better if I don't. I think that just replacing the snacking with something else like a walk after dinner is also helpful. Okay. So we let Take a walk, sneak in is a tip, and the truth is it's true. So. It's annoying when you really want real actionable tips and whoever's just like, just go for a walk instead of following your cravings. I say that because it's so hard. It's so hard to break that pattern and to not follow your cravings and to not repeat the same habits and the same patterns. Like I get it. So I don't want to condescend to you and just be like, just break that pattern right in the middle of it. If you have a craving, go for a walk, take a bubble bath. And at the same time, one of the very best ways to change a habit and to change a pattern is to disrupt it. So something that my family has started doing, and even, honestly, I half the time can't get anyone to go with me, but after dinner, we will either walk the dog as a family, that that we do do, or I will ride my bike. I'm lucky enough that I can ride my bike out the front door and ride it down to a greenway and kind of do my thing. And I'm not doing it as exercise, and I'm not doing it because I'm trying to train. I'm doing it because I want to get outside one more time. And while it's still nice here where I live, and it just feels relaxing, and it's a a nice thing to do after dinner at this beautiful time of year. And it gets me out of the house and it gets me out of the kitchen. So the kitchen is shut down. The kitchen goes black and we either go for a walk or I ride my bike very leisurely. Another tip that I do want to mention is a lot of people say that drinking BCAAs will help curb those cravings after dinner. I often actually fill a water bottle with BCAAs and water um, after dinner and drink that down, mostly just because I still need to hydrate. I'm not done hydrating for the day, and I just like it, and it tends to have a little bit of sweetness, but the science says that it actually reduces your cravings. Now, I don't know because I'm not in the current habit or pattern of eating after dinner. So I can't legitimately make that claim. I can just say it's something that I'm doing and whether it's working or not, I don't know, but I'm perfectly happy with it. And a lot of people say, yes, I absolutely shut my cravings down by drinking BCAA. So yes, of course, I'll link to those in the show notes for this episode. Oh, Linda threw her hat in the ring on the brushing her teeth, by the way. She said, I stopped snacking at night a few months ago, not always succeeding, but most of the time. I increase the size of my dinner and then I brush my teeth immediately after but really it was about breaking a habit and it took some time which is the perfect perfect segue into the second half of what I wanted to share with you and that is that really really unless this is truly about hunger it's a habit and yes sometimes people are hungry after dinner let me give you an example crystal says I'm a nighttime snacker. We have dinner at 5 because my kids go to bed early. I don't go to bed until 10 or 11. I had a bad habit of night binging, and every effort to stop just seemed to make it worse. I decided just to replace what I was eating with raw fruits and veggies instead of trying to stop because I am legit hungry by 9 p.m i get it crystal i mean first of all you're eating dinner really really early and unless you can just decide you're going to intermittent fast and stop eating after your 5 pm dinner and that's that then yeah i get it you're hungry by 9 pm that makes perfect sense so you have a decision to make because if this is not a problem for you then don't think of it as a problem If you would prefer not to be eating or obviously you don't want to be binging, and if binging really means you're eating with no control, obviously that's something that you might want to address. And if that's the case, what if you had more of a snack with your kids during that early meal and then had a heavier, more substantial meal after they went to bed, maybe at 8 p.m.? Just something to consider if you are still trying to cull the habit of night binging. Now, I love what Crystal points out, which was every effort to stop this. Seemed to make it worse, so I decided to just replace what I was eating with raw fruits and veggies. It's a great solution, Crystal. <laughs> that is an absolutely great solution and perfectly falls in line with my weight loss and fat loss program that I'm trying to sell to you all, which is yours for the low low price of free and it's called Do what Works for you. So good job there, Crystal. All right, so let's talk about shutting it down, though, when we really, really, truly do want to break this habit. And there are a couple of things that you can do that work, and not all of them work all of the time, and not all of them work for everybody. But try some of these out, see what works for you, and discard the ones that don't. One thing that works for people when they have cravings, when they have nighttime snacking, little devil sitting on their shoulder telling them that it's time to go back into the kitchen, one thing that works is to actually personify the craving, to personify that trigger telling you to binge eat. And this is just a little strategy that works with some issues and can help call negative talk, automatic negative talk or some urge that you really don't want to follow, like snacking at night. So personify this thing. Like, picture what this voice is to you. Maybe it's a little gremlin. Maybe it's a little devil sitting on your shoulder like some kind of cartoon from 1984. Maybe it's got a face and a name, and maybe it's like this ugly little troll type thing. But personify it and then tell it to bugger off. Call it out. Say... I'm not hungry, you are telling me to go into the kitchen and eat mindlessly because you want to see me do it and I won't have it. And then flick it off of your shoulder or mentally picture yourself crushing it with your fist like whack-a-mole. But paint a picture, especially if you're a visual learner, a visual person, paint a picture of what this voice is to you, personify it in some way, and then defeat it, crush it, stomp on it, put it underneath you and stand on top of it. And then go on about your business. Another thing that I find useful when you're talking about breaking habits, such as this one, is to think about what you're pairing it with and don't pair it badly. Now, pairing is a strategy. It is a strategy when you say, I like these three television shows, but I'm only going to watch them if I'm on my treadmill, or I'm only going to listen to podcasts while I'm exercising. Well, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. And you know, that type of thing. Pairing can be a very, very effective strategy. But have you noticed how often we will pair nighttime snacking with watching TV or maybe the, you know, maybe the Facebook scroll for hours and hours, break the bad pairing. Bryn says, snacking after dinner for me isn't off limits if I control myself. If I've had two glasses of wine, all bets are off when I open Pandora's box. Too much wine equals eating everything that's not nailed down in the kitchen. This is a really important pairing... To notice that it's not working because you can put up defenses prior to and be more preemptive. If you know that this is a pattern, right? TV is the same way. There are really simple, simple tips. Like we absolutely will not eat in the living room. We never eat upstairs. Never, ever, ever, you know, make that your religion. Like absolutely don't do it. Have a hard and fast rule. Food is consumed in the kitchen period. Somebody else said, I tend to want to snack when I watch TV. So I barely ever watch TV anymore. I go to sleep or walk instead. A nice cup of tea does it for me too. So does quality time with my hubby. I love that because I know what she's talking about. That's a great replacement activity for uh, nighttime eating is a snuggle time with your lovey. Nicole says, I either drink a cup of water or tea and then I go brush my teeth and I don't stay up too late or i'll get hungrier the later i stay up that's another great pairing to break is simply staying up late for no other reason than you don't want to go to bed (laughs) that's a pairing that you want to break staying up later than is useful or interesting or productive is a pairing that you want to break with nighttime eating i mean how many times do you not go to bed because you're too tired to go to bed right? So if you brush your teeth and wash your face after dinner, it'd be so much easier when it actually came time to go to bed. Do you know what I mean? So let's talk more about habits. You know, I refer back to Gretchen Rubin's book a lot called Better Than Before because it helps teach you how you respond to habit formation strategies by sharing with you that you are one of the four personality tendencies, an obliger, an upholder, a rebel, or a questioner. And when you know which one you are, it's so much easier to develop strategies that work for your tendency to build better habits, right? That's her whole premise. So when you understand this, you can actually develop strategies for forming the habit that for you, for example, if you're a rebel, it's not going to work to just say, I shouldn't snack after dinner because I know it's not great for my digestion overnight. Like that's not going to satisfy you. That would satisfy a questioner who's like, why can't I snack after dinner? What's wrong with it? But for a rebel, it might work better for you to say, that's just not who I am. <laughs> to make it about your identity. Does that make sense? Or I am, I'll use myself as an example. I am a triathlete and I want to feel great in my body and that is who I am. And therefore I will not snack after dinner. And that type of statement and mandate is not going to work quite as well for someone who's an obliger who responds better to outer accountability. So the obliger might want to have an accountability buddy or they might want to commit to posting on Facebook for 30 days every single thing that they eat after dinner right so they might create their own accountability by saying by posting on Instagram maybe you know here's everything I consumed after dinner I'm trying to break this habit so I'm telling you you know and they create this sort of external third-party accountability I don't know people have done weirder and it works couple other strategies intermittent fasting if this is a different way to think about not eating after dinner you say it's not about what I can't do I don't know about you. Don't you find it so much easier to do something and to build a new habit than to try to cultivate a habit of not doing something that you're already doing? Does that make sense? Like, don't tell me stop. Don't tell me not to have that. Tell me what I should do and tell me what I can eat or should eat instead of blacklisting things for me. I find it so much easier to actually do something and to take a new action and try and build a new habit and get excited about it than to cultivate a habit of not doing something. Plus it just sounds boring. So for those of you who resonate with that, you might want to think about it as, well, I'm condensing my eating window now. So I used to snack after dinner, but now I'm trying to give my body a break and not eat for 12 hours and it's so much easier to start that timer right after dinner and then allow myself a 12-hour break or a 14-hour break or obviously whatever works for you and then start my day the next day with breakfast and when you associate it with a habit you're trying to cultivate and you're doing that because you want easier digestion or less bloating like that's just so much easier in my opinion and according to my personality tendency probably that's just so much easier than saying oh I can't do it it's not Naughty. I absolutely should not engage in this habit. Maybe that will speak to some of you. Of course, you can always be preemptive, right? You can always plan your snack after dinner. So if you decide that this is something that you do do and it's making you crazy trying to stop it, then create your snack that is not going to be particularly detrimental to you and have it in there, have it in the fridge, have it in the pantry and and simply plan on it. Be preemptive and don't deny a pattern that you exhibit, you know, almost every day. Connie, for example, said, this is the one habit that I know is not good for me, but I don't want to let it go. It's not about willpower for me and it's not about hunger. It's more like a mental habit that I tell myself it's time to have some me time and enjoy a snack. However, another big reason that I don't stop is because I feel good after eating and I can still sleep with no problems and not gain weight so should i stop or not stop what do you guys think why would you stop if this is working for you and it's not interfering with your goals and it's not creating any pain in your life other than the thought that you should stop that's the only thing causing you angst here why stop do what works for you and don't stop because somebody else told you to right Carly said, this is such a big habit that I'm trying to break. I started five days ago, and so far I'm three for five. It's amazing, though. On the days after that I don't snack, I wake up with a flat belly. Interesting enough, though, people claim you don't sleep as well on a full belly, but I sleep like a baby with a pleasantly full and not overly stuffed belly. Uh, Carly, I'm going to put you in the same bracket as Connie. If it's not harming your digestion, if it's not causing weight gain for you, what's wrong with it, right? So maybe the being preemptive strategy will work for you, and maybe you should let go of any guilt that you may be creating around this issue. All right, the last thing I would just reiterate here is that I think we should stop shaming ourselves over activities like this, such as nighttime snacking or even mindless eating after dinner, I think that shame is not an effective strategy. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I also think that one of the ways that we can diminish the shame and reduce the feelings of guilt and really the feelings around this issue and others like it is to understand that it's a habit. It's just a habit. It is one that's sometimes wrought with emotion and sometimes hooked on to other things because we hooked it on to other things but at the end of the day if it's not hunger if it's not genuine hunger because I'm assuming that we're all eating and we're not depriving ourselves of calories and we're not starving ourselves throughout the day and so I'm not talking to the people who are depriving themselves and not eating enough during the day and actually need the calories before their head hits a pillow I'm not talking to them today I'm talking to the people who are mindlessly eating or are eating for reasons other than hunger and when we break it down maybe Maybe, like I said, you personify it, or maybe that sounds goofy to you and that doesn't work for you. For all of us, I think we should understand that it is a pattern that we have built over time. And the behavior itself has created ruts in our brain. It's created synapses that grow stronger every time we repeat the behavior. When you understand that it's a habit, you can treat it as such. It's not stress. It's not your emotional life. It's not your childhood. It's not emotional. It's not your mother. (laughs) It's just a habit. When you look at it like that and you objectify it like that and you remove the emotion out of it and you stop shaming and stop guilting yourself, it takes away its power over you, its dominion. And you can look at it as perhaps a habit or a pattern that you'd like to break and then you can deploy strategies that will help you do it. That's what I'm all about. We'll be talking about this and more here in this space and in my private mastermind group. And I hope you join the conversation if you're not already there on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, take what works for you. Take what resonates with you and release the rest. Now go have a great day. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com, where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page, and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.